All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have Charlie Zamora. Now, we go off on a variety of different, um, I don't want to call them tangents, but paths today with Charlie. Charlie brings a unique perspective to this podcast because not only do him and his wife own Warrior Z Fitness, but he has also transitioned from the day-to-day operations at the gym to then going out and starting Caffeine and Kilos, working with Mark Bell in his products, and then now being on the Driven Golf Show and being the producer, the co-producer there. And so today we talk about a variety of different things, including what it's like running a gym with your spouse. How's that? What is it like trying to recognize what are you uniquely good at and how do you pursue it? And so if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, motivation, if you're looking for a little bit of insight by working through a different uh, variety of different verticals, I think Charlie's your guy. You're going to enjoy this episode. Before we dive into it, just want to let you know, if you haven't left a rating or review on this show, we'd really appreciate your insight. Let us know what you're looking for out of the episodes. Let us know how you like it. Keep getting after it, and I hope you and your family have a great day. Now, let's have an awesome episode with Charlie Zamora. Let's go. So, so Charlie, you and I, we've been talking for a while, and we've known each other for a really long time. And you're a really interesting um, you know, person in the space because you've done a lot of different things. You've owned a gym. You've competed in fitness, but what you've also done that I think is fascinating is you've started or been a part of multiple companies, which is unique. You started and were a part of Caffeine and Kilos. You were a part of uh, Mark Bell's Slingshot, and both of these were um, consumer-facing brands, product-facing brands, and you were in charge of branding, marketing, and probably learned a lot along the way. Then you went on to now being a part of Driven Golf, with, which is a golf show, and so your yeah. your experience has in my opinion, had a lot of different, had a lot of different depth. And one of the things that you and I were talking about was this idea of having each person on the team kind of know their identity, know what, what their specific scope is. And I was wondering if we could dive a little bit more into that, because I think that that's something that's really important in the fitness space and any business is, is that particular thing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And Jason, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you a little bit previous uh, to this three a text. And then just talking a little bit before we got on to uh, talk on the podcast. But the big thing for me, you know, we were really kind of diving in through this process of talking through um, the identity of roles. And I think that one of the things that I've kind of learned um, over the course of things that I've been doing is, is that whether it's me personally or people that I'm working with, um, if I take like a higher viewpoint, and I get above the situation, right? Instead of the micro, I get, I get up, up top and take a look down. It's when there's no clear identification of, of roles, there's chaos. And then furthermore, if there is a clear identification of roles, if someone is trying to help someone else in their role, whether it's good intention or bad intention, that really challenges someone personally, in my perspective, um, in the aspect of worth of their job. And that's something that people get very emotional about. So to kind of like hone that in, if me and you were working together and you know, you're coaching and running the front end of the business and I'm running the back end of the business, and I think that you maybe you look a little tired. So I try to do some things to write up your workout prior to the workout. You walk in and you see that that's not my role. Maybe my intention was to help, but in a weird way, your thought process might be, oh, they think I'm tired or I can't do my job. And so people start to wear 
different aspects of ownership. And when it is very personal to them, it's, it's their thing, even someone helping or even someone trying to, maybe they're not helping, they're just being an asshole, excuse my language. It, it really attacks more than the position. It, it kind of sometimes attacks the person. And I think that's where people get an emotional response to their responsibilities. That makes sense. And so, you know, kind of going back in, in time, you know, you had two other partners at Caffeine and Kilos. And I remember when Caffeine and Kilos first started, I remember meeting you and, or not meeting you, but hearing about the brand. I was like, oh, dude, that's super awesome because I'm a huge caffeine fan. And obviously I like lifting. And, you know, the, the brand really took off relatively quickly. And, you know, if we could kind of go back to Caffeine and Kilos days, um, for anyone that hasn't heard of it, you know, they, they grew exponentially um, for a long time. And, and Caffeine and Kilos is still around. Um, but the first couple of years, you guys just really just hockey stick growth. And my, my question is, looking back on that experience in the, from the lens of what you're talking about, right? This idea of expectations, different, different roles and responsibilities. Is there something you would have done different, better, the same, um, given the fact that you did have three partners in that business? Because you're no longer with Caffeine and Kilos. You pivoted out of it. Yeah, But I'm curious, looking back on it, if there's anything that you could have as a takeaway that maybe would have changed some things. So I, I would say that my perspective on that, my role in the company while I was there was CEO. And I think what I learned from that relationally uh, with uh, Danny and Dean, um, Danny being our, um, uh, excuse me, our, what did Danny do? Chief Financial Officer, CFO. There you I go. Yep, yep, yep. I was just blanking. Uh, and then um, Dean being our Chief of Operations. I think that what happened is, is like we thought about titles and names uh, and we created an identity around those things. And collectively, I believe all of us could have found more growth in those roles and responsibility in those roles. So when we came to the table of something that was growing so fast, as we entered into in, uh, talking about new information, it, instead of like trying to validate what we were thinking each individually, it should have been a more collectively understanding that people were trying to do um, the best that they could. And for me, not trying to do someone else's job doesn't remove you from understanding the components of that job. But it would have been better for me to ask questions uh, and or them to ask questions of me, you know, of how we're doing, right? And it's not a personal attack, but what does this process look like? Even though I'm not doing the process for me to understand or them to understand mine, it would have given us a little bit more congruency on um, meetings that could have gotten, you know, you're, you're building a brand, right? Like some of those meetings got pretty hot and heavy and some of them were really relaxed, but we tried the best that we could at that time. But I think the biggest growth from there was just for me was I, I needed more accountability of taking ownership over everything that was happening and being a little bit more thought in my delivery of uh, growing the company through asking my partners questions that could have helped us be more productive instead of just saying, my job is to do this and not care about really anything else. Yeah, the visibility is really interesting. I was telling you earlier, I was talking to Dave Lipson about Thunderbro, and he had this analogy about a sports team and how, you know, the CEO is kind of a coach where they're not doing the individual's jobs, but they have an idea or awareness of what that person on the field is doing versus like a general manager who might be completely off the, you know, way outside, not even on the field. And I think that as a CEO or as a, a leader in your organization, it's important to at least have awareness of what's occurring because at least having that visibility allows you to make 
more conscious, better decisions for the business without micromanaging, of course. And it sounds like that's kind of a learning lesson from, from, from growing caffeine and kilos so quickly as a CEO and then kind of pivoting out of that. Um, as you kind of transitioned your career and you went from caffeine and kilos, growing that, um, then working on the slingshot and now driven golf, is there some things along the journey that you've kind of learned as an individual that are going to kind of catapult you from a professional perspective? Because you, you still have the gym. We'll talk about the gym. But I'm wondering about these other experiences because you have had quite a few career careers or jobs, but they're all kind of resonating in this idea of building a brand. Yeah, I, I think the main, I appreciate that. I think the main thing that I've learned through this entire process that's been the best for my growth is I learn what I will do and not do anymore. And I'm sure that will continue to grow. And so for me, um, what, is, what is needed to take a brand to the next level? I now know what it takes uh, in certain aspects. So then the question becomes a question of time. Do I want to give it the time that's necessary to do those things? And when I'm working with the team or when I'm developing a product or when I'm developing an idea around something, um, who do I want to do that with? right? Like what's going to be the best mesh for this team to be successful. And sometimes those things are outside of just a great idea. It has to be uh, timely enough to where you can get the, the idea out and build it and grow it. But then you also have to say, you know, what's the longevity. So some of the things I did were somewhat in the grand scheme of business short term. But for me, the growth that I've learned is, is that I'm continually developing an idea of who I am and what I want to do. And I think that I've been true to myself through all those processes. And as I continue to grow in business and, and take those chances, I now know who I want to dedicate that time and those chances to. Um, I have a particular set of skills that allows me to take an idea from, or a product or, or a thing from creation and build a community around it because of the integrity I have as a person to believe in the actual product. Like if I'm a part of something, I truly believe in it. And everything that I've ever done, my personal passion enters itself in. But I also now am being very cognizant that I have a wife, I have a four-year-old son, I have a family that likes to see me. I have a lot of other things that require the same amount of time. And if you were to ask me what's important, the family is obviously more important than any business world would be. So you have to balance too, like your own mental health and your own your own being, you know, I, I, this is a little side tangent, but I, me and Misha have a lot of conversations because we obviously work together in the gym, but a lot of these things that I've done outside of the gym, I've had a lot of fun, had success with, but you know, when me and Misha talk about something and we're going through that, um, the question always kind of comes back to, you know, is this re-energizing not only you as a person, uh, or is it re-energizing the family, but what's, what's the cost of these things, right? And so I'm really happy to have her in my life to kind of help me assess that because I, I do get excited, but it is good to have a, a greater scope of saying, okay, if I'm investing my time to something, uh, what is the value? And ultimately for me, a lot of the conversations, and I've been very appreciative of my wife outside of the business that we do at gym, I'm appreciative that we're there, but like to do these other things to kind of fulfill that, I thought at one point with working with Mark, which was an amazing opportunity and I enjoyed it, but it was a little bit more regimented um, than I'm used to. <laughs> Uh, and I wasn't in a lead position. Uh, so for me, what I, what I did there was I thought, you know what, I'm going to shut down a lot of my creative thinking. I'm going to shut down a little bit of my personality because I want to make sure I'm home at a certain time to see my kid. I want to make sure that I'm able to do what I thought on paper was what I needed to do. 
But at the same time, I learned through that process that I'm a builder. Like I'm a guy that needs to be around people. I'm a guy that was designed to, you know, infiltrate a market in a good way and bring positive experiences. And I think that, you know, my personal faith is God wants to use me in a lot of these different arenas or areas to help more people. And so for me also not being able to, to do that as a person, it, it, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. And, and that might sound weird. No, but yeah, like, no, I hear you. It's just, it's just kind of who I am. So for, you know, if like, Hey, go get a, and this is no, a lot of people have a great job working for the state or, or working in a corporation, which is fine. And if they're designed to do that and they can be the best at that, I just know that's not for me. And if I try to do that for some form of security or job placement or retirement or schedule, I would probably hate my life every single day because it's not who I am. So that I wouldn't say I'm scattered, but like the multiple ideas coming in, filtering through those ideas, finding ways to make things work and connecting it. It's just, you know, I, 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 I have ADHD. Like I, I'm a very energetic person and my mind does better thinking of 50 things at once than really just focusing on one. And I, yeah, I'm working, you know, I read the AMRAP mentality. Working on I'm, that. Yeah. I'm working on trying to be process driven. Like right now I am here on my computer. I'm not doing anything else. Phones off. I'm talking with you and I, and I'm, and your book helped. But the main thing too is, is that I also believe that some of us have different capacities and, and I call them superpowers, right? Not to get kind of crazy, but like if you were given a particular superpower or a particular way of thinking or designing or doing or creating to not do that, to quote unquote fit in, or to not do that, to quote unquote, you know, dole yourself down, it, it can be a disservice. I think the main thing is you need good people in your life around you to let you know when you're doing it too much. It's not that you can't do it, but Misha is always someone that goes, mm. all right, calm down. Here's what's going on. You've been gone for three weekends in a row. We're going to Bass Lake and we're going to snow as a family. And I'm like, you're right. We are. And I'm, I actually miss everybody. And you're not aware of it because those responsibilities or things you're thinking about, it's not that they take precedence over the family or, or your responsibilities at home or other things. It's just, I also, when I get so my word, it's a commitment. And for me, what I've learned too, and this is very unfortunate, and I think everyone deals with it, is, is that when I make commitments to people outside of my home, I hate saying this, but sometimes there's more pressure on me to be committed to them in a weird way. Cause I know my family will always accept me, even if I fall short. And I think that's a horrible shitty thing to say, but it's the truth. And you just yes. know your family is going to be there and they're going to still love you. But sometimes I, I get frustrated with myself that I, I try to do things above and beyond sometimes um, to maybe impress someone that wouldn't care anyways. I have to, I have to balance those things. And at least I'm aware of it. Uh, it's just trying to get yourself in that moment to go, Oh my, what am I doing? Why? Like I need to go home. You know, it, it, yeah. it takes a lot of you know, humility to admit that there's not a lot of people that say that, but it's the truth. And it's the things that I constantly have to work through just for me. And I, I know it's the same for you. Cause I was just down there talking with you. If someone said, Charlie's a more Jason Kalipa, amazing business person or amazing dad, I know what we would pick. Yeah, of course. And I think that right? like having the balance. Life. Yeah, of course. And I think having that balance with uh, someone to hold you accountable is really nice. I mean, you've said you just spilled a lot of information right now. I think the, the way I would summarize is obviously with you and Misha and having your wife around to hold you accountable, I think is really important. And my wife has done the same thing. I think having people in your life to 
help guide some of these things. Cause you're right. I mean, you can go off on these tangents where you're just so focused and driven to go do something. All of a sudden you get your, your balance is out of whack. And so having people around to, to pull you in, and that could be people in business too, to remind yeah. you of the direction of the company, because, you know, things that we've had challenges with at our business in the past was, you know, everything was always a good idea. But the problem is, is that then we never allowed ourselves to execute on those ideas well enough because we're always chasing the next big idea instead of just honing in on a idea and really executing on that well. And we needed someone to come in and start holding me accountable to, hey, don't get distracted, right? Hone in. And, and speaking of honing in, you know, you've had your gym now for 10 years and you work with your wife or your wife runs the gym and you guys both together. What type of things do you guys do? Because I've always been curious. There's, there's quite a few. Um, there's qu quite a few relationships that are built in the gym, right? You have the relationship with your members. You have the relationship with maybe your business partners, like you've had in the past. But in regards to like your relationship with like your wife, it's a whole nother level. And if you could provide some guidance for someone who is looking at starting a business with their spouse. Um, or a significant other of any type, what, what type of things have you guys found successful there? Well, I would just like to take a moment too, because I didn't really address this. Um, but everyone that I've worked with previously, whether it be Mark Bell and Andy, uh, Dean and Danny, we all have really great relationships. So when I do talk about things that I've learned or I've grown from, it's not, there was nothing really negative ever. And we're all still on good terms, but I didn't want it to seem like I left because, you know, X, Y, or Z. Usually it's just personal growth as you're kind of going through those things. Of course. Um, for me, uh, there is one business and uh, one relationship I'm not leaving. And that's obviously my wife. To death do us part or, you know, she kills me, one of the two. Um, if you're looking to go into, you know, business with a significant other, right? Um, whether it's a spouse or whatever the relationship is, right? For me, things that we learn, and I'll, and I'll give like a funny story and I'll, and I'll yeah. be kind of quick with it. Um, no, I love it. Misha just decided, I convinced her. <laughs> I said, hey, you know, I've been running this gym. I had started the business. Basically, I was doing boot camps and parks. I was going to school, still managing another gym. All this crazy stuff was going on. I went all in on my business. So I'm running boot camps and parks, building that up. I build out that up big enough to where I'm able to work into my first facility. I get my CrossFit level one from Mr. Jason Kalipa. I have a picture, maybe post it later. Um, it was a great, that was a great seminar. That was a, that was fun. That was in Marin at TJ's gym. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. I think that was like two years right after you won the game. So it was in two, yeah, 2010. So we're sitting there and, uh, we go through this process. I get in my first facility. I grow it. We moved into the next facility. Now things are jamming. This is all in the course of like a year or two years or pretty much a year. And then I look at Misha and she just graduated. She's trying to go corporate rallies. My wife has a business degree with a focus on HR and management. Everything that I am not, she is, which is perfect. Opposites attract. I convince her, I'm like, I do not have the capacity to run the back end of this business and coach all these classes and do these things. Like, I need your help. If you just quit your job and join me, I know we'll have this rest of our lives and, and we'll grow this thing out. And it's going to be amazing. And she said, yes. So she came in. Her favorite story to tell is I had one penny in my savings account. <laughs> she asked me how is I paid Is that true? My, yeah. She asked me how I paid my bills. I said, I had to sign up more people or do PT. <laughs> no, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. So really when you're, because at the time, were, were you married at the time? No, we were just about oh, to get married. You were just about to get married. And, yeah. and 
in, in all seriousness, so you had your business and you had one penny in the savings account? Like a penny in the savings account, just enough to keep the account active. So I ran everything through the checking and she's like, well, how do you pay for your lights? How do things? I'm like, I just always bet on myself and I always make it happen at the end of the month. Wow. Which, which you know, my MO, knock on wood, it's been true. Like, and I'm not saying that to be boastful. I just am not afraid to work. I don't care how many hours. I will always make it happen. And I think that's one of the, one of my greatest qualities is, is that like, I take pride on not being outworked. Like that's- So, what, so with Misha, so she comes in and then you, at the time you probably weren't running your books well. I, I know, no. I know, I, I, I assume I've had the same challenges, so I get it. And yeah. then what, she just basically professionalizes the company and then how- so how did you guys work together from there? Because I'm, I'm so really- she, So she yeah. comes in, she comes in and learns the whole back end of the business, how to run cards, how to do this, um, taxes, lights, bills, like all of it. And she wears it. She basically gets a crash course. And even though she went to school for it, like running a gym is very different. Well, it is similar and different than other gyms. You have like, you know, we had two different billings, first and the 15th. Then at that time, you know, a little loose, like, hey, this guy gives me cash. This guy runs a card. You know, it's just, it's 2010 CrossFit, right? Like, yeah, it's just what we're doing, right? So she basically professionalizes everything in the back end. I coach every class. I think that it's time for her to get her level one. And she ended up getting it in Southern California. Um, she had some great instructors there as well. And uh, Josh Everett was her instructor. And they still have a pretty cool relationship and Josh's wife. So we ended up getting Misha certified. But one of the things that I learned, this is a story working back with your wife. My whole life, I've been in a gym or a locker room or at practice or around dudes, right? Or I mean, and women, but primarily we're lifting weights. It's very broy. My, my dad was a, you know, did bodybuilding. Uh, my mom was aerobics instructor. My uncles were all former bodybuilders. I'm around that kind of fitness a lot. So I, I transitioned this kind of fitness. But me and you both know that if I'm in a class and I am coaching and I need help from another coach, um, I'm just going to be very directional. Like, I need you here now. This is what you're doing. You're doing front squat. Okay, pull it. Okay, boom. All right, this is my demo. This is what's going on. Da, da, da. So I have this group of people. Misha's there. And we're about to get married. And I think we're engaged. And I said, uh, Misha, I say, come here, uh, get the bar in the front rack. And I need you to do two front squats plus jerk. Like, go, let's go. So she, she like looks at me. And there's that look where I'm like, I'm going to get talked to you later. But like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle of coaching. So I'm like, I need to get through this. So she does right. two front, she does a jerk. And, I, and then like, I kind of forgot about the look. And like the rest of the night went on. And I coached a few more classes. We got home. And she looks at me and she's like, I can't believe what you did last or tonight. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm about to marry you. I'm your fiance. And you didn't even say, please, you just told me and direct me to come up. You didn't like the way that I approached her in that conversation is how I would treat any coach. It's not being rude, but I'm, we're trying to get a job done. There's 15 people in here. I need help. Like, I'm not going to say, Misha, can you please come over here? Get the bar in the front rack position. Like I'm running out of time. My space is already small. We're running two heats on workouts. People are like staring at me because they don't really want to be coached. They just want to slam bars. Like all of this is going on and I'm just being very directional trying to get the job done. So she had spat on me and she's like, I couldn't believe you could speak to me that way. We get to this whole thing. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I know what you're saying. I said, but in that moment, yes, maybe I could have said it a little bit better. But like our number one priority when we're in that gym together, it's like, I love you. And yeah, we are going to get married. But like, you're my co-coach. And I just needed you in that moment 
So if we're going to do this together, I can't have you wear it that way. Like you can't, I'll get better. And I'm all a no now that you don't like being addressed that way. But like, I just need to get a job done in front of me. And you're the person I was using for the demo. And when we worked through that, there was just still like little things that we go through relationally where it's hard to turn off husband. It's hard to turn off wife, especially if I forgot to take out the trash before I left the house. She comes home, help me out, coach a class. And then I forget to put a barbell away. Then she picks it up. Now it's a double down when we get home, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you have to like, and it's fine. I'm not, and there's plenty of things that I do. And there's things that she does. And she would admit that, like where we've had these issues back and forth. And the main thing that I would say, if you're trying to do this, and she's going to laugh when I say this because I'm working on it. Be empathetic. Understand that that person is on your team. And they do want you to win. And if anything, if you're in a relationship such as a marriage, it's your life partner, right? Like you should know that they want the best for you and, and you want the best for them. If they don't do something the way that you think it should be done, it's because you put a personal perspective on someone else based upon how you would react or respond. And that might not necessarily be the way that they would. So an unmet expectation comes when we are let down with a response of others because it didn't meet what we would do in that situation. So then I have to sit back or Misha has to sit back and say, hey, look, like I would have done this, this, and this. You didn't. Why? So you have to have a conversation about it. And then you know like, oh, okay, well, I didn't do that because I thought you were going to transition to this. Or I thought you put in for your registration for the work truck or whatever it is, right? right. So I think really what it is, is it's just knowing the main, the main thing is knowing you're on the same team, right? And then just having a little bit of empathy and giving a little bit of grace and as much as you can, don't carry over life into the gym or the gym into your life when it comes to the business side. And one of the things that I love most about the gym is, is that, and this might be the same for you, you know, growing up playing sports, I can't think about what grade I got on a test. I couldn't think about whatever BS was happening. Like I'm trying to score a touchdown or I'm trying to right. do this or that. Like when you're in the middle of a workout or you're in the gym, I'll, kind of in a weird way, life kind of freezes, right? So it's, it's freedom. And so what I try to do is, is separate, not a dual personality, but I try to separate what my responsibilities are and the places that I'm at. In the gym, if I'm coaching, my job is to coach, right? That's my primary function. When I'm home, I'm supposed to be a good husband and a good dad. And so for me, it's learning in those relational uh, challenges. We're talking about the gym. Let's just switch into like business mode and talk about business, but we're not going to go into how we're supposed to discipline our four-year-old who thinks it's funny to do X, Y, and Z right into, well, you didn't do this at the gym. That becomes an issue because then it's just, everything's dumping. Yeah. 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 Cause you're kind you can't of do that. blending. You're yeah. mixing. It's, it. re it's really interesting what you're saying about you guys are on the same team, you know, years and years ago, this is a long time ago. Um, my wife and I kind of got into a, she was working for the company and not in an argument, but like, I couldn't understand how like a bill wasn't paid on time or something for that matter. And I got frustrated. And what I learned like in, 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 along the way, and you're a hundred percent right. It's not that she intentionally had this happen or the expectation was fault, whatever happened. We're on the same team. Like it's not like she wants us to not do well. And I think that was a big learning lesson for me. I'm glad you actually brought it up because it's not like these challenges are intentional. Everybody's working towards the same, same end state. And, um, that was nice for you to say that because I, I hadn't, I think that that clicks for a lot of people because I think you get frustrated because maybe it's not your way, but that person wasn't intentionally trying to like sabotage the business or not do their best. I think people naturally want to do a good job. 
they naturally want to succeed, especially when it's your family. But um, sometimes there's just a miscommunication there and listening, I think makes a big difference. Yeah. And it's, it's been fun. And I, I know I'm spewing a lot, but it, it's 10 years of, you know, not only running the gym, but, you know, four of those years was building Captain and Kilos about a year and a half. I was with Mark. I've been with the show now about a year and a half or two years. And um, there's just a lot out there. And, and I'm very, like I said, I'm very passionate about the things that they do. So it's easy for me to talk about them. But I think the, the main takeaway that I would say, if you want to be successful in business, in my perspective is, is the why in which you do it has to be strong enough to keep you moving towards your goal. If not, you're just kind of creating shit, excuse me, creating stuff to create stuff, right? Yep. Like you said, like, yeah, there's a lot of good ideas, but what's the best version of this that's going to help us ultimately lead towards the same goal, right? Like if my goal, and it's something I have to ask myself every day, like if my goal is to help as many people as I can achieve, you know, uh, physical and mental betterment, right? To be better people and, and, and still, you know, a love to people that helps them exponentially make impacts in their lives and people around them. And I get to do that as a job and I get to make money on it. Okay. Well then what paths are the best paths? Cause there's, like you said earlier in your business, there's tons of paths and there's tons of big ideas, but which one is going to facilitate doing that where most all the buckets that I need to be pouring into are poured into, right? Cause some, some are going to be not as full as the other. And, you know, people ask me, you know, the, with the show, well, what's going on? I said, well, I got engulfed and everyone thought I was, funny or stupid because I had, I had no background in it. I had a few friends laugh at me. And with the first year of filming, we're at Rich's house hitting golf balls with Scott Stallings, who's on tour. And for me, I am not like a vengeful person, but like, if you want me to do something great, just tell me I can't, you know? And so for that perspective, and we're working with you now on the show, but like, what do I really have access with, with a show? Well, one, it's growth, but ultimately television, a million views per episode, 13 you know, episodes per season in a 10 season deal. And I'm the fitness expert on the show. That's why I was brought on. What's my passion? Helping people. Hopefully people seeing who I am on a grander scale, understand who I am as a person, understand who I am as a business person, a dad, and as a fitness professional, that gives me a reach where I could then can affect more lives than I could if I just stayed in my bubble at my gym. And it's not that the gym was a bad thing. I still love it and I'm still there and I'm still coaching. But at the same time, there was a million different things I could be doing, but what's going to drive my purpose the most and give me the most exposure. And I was just with Eric, thanks to you guys, and um, got to go down to Nigu and, and see all the stuff that they do there. We got to have your daughter speak on air about what's going on. And I was a part of that whole process, kind of when you found you and Ashley found out and you know we we're in Hawaii together, pretty much midway point to now seeing her talk in the interview for television and just articulate and, and just crush it and encourage more people. Like I have this platform now that's been kind of blessed to me to be on television. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to talk about why I'm the best fitness professional or I'm going to say, Hey, through all my experiences, now let's go help more people. When I met Eric learning about his daughter, Jesse and their foundation and getting him to be able to speak, like maybe everything I was doing was leading up. And if it's just to help one family or help one person, how does that create the next organization or how does that connect create the next person to fight through something or develop themselves or decide that fitness is for them or golf's for them? You know, I just want to show people that if you're passionate about something, you can do it and you can make an impact. And I think that when people think about making an impact, they think that they sometimes are any, you know, ineffective of doing it, but I'm just a dude from Elk Grove. 
I'm not even good at working out. Like I like working out, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to no, be you. extraordinary to make an extraordinary change. What you have to do though, is believe that you can. Hey, I hear you, man. Well, dude, you've touched base on a ton of different things. I'm going to go back through this and, um, and dive a little bit more into all that we talked about. Um, dude, so for people who want to check out the, the new driven golf show, uh, find out more about your gym or, or, or whatnot. Where, where, where is the best place to find more about Charlie? Uh, it sounds kind of self-serving, but actually Danny Lear told me this. He said, if uh, you own anything, you should own your name online. So you can go to charliezamora.com and it usually has <laughs> links to everything that I'm doing. So, um, you know, whether it's my Instagram, my Facebook, or you just want to send me an email, um, you know, charliezamora.com has everything. I'm most like most of my conversations happen on Instagram. So you guys shoot me a DM or a message. I do the best that I can to uh, get back uh, to everybody. It's just Charlie Zamora and you'll see me. I love it. I love it, man. CharlieZamora.com. All right, brother. We'll have a great day and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks, Jason.